This is the Westbrook Community Church Sermon Series. Sunday, September 10th, 2023. Heartbeat, Community. Pastor Kevin discusses inviting others to a transformational relationship with Christ. Kevin Sharp, I'm the pastor here. And if you're with us online, I'd like to greet you as well. And just thanks for being here. We're glad you're here. Hey, I came across something as I was preparing this message about a study they did at Gutenberg University in Sweden. It was kind of a fascinating study. I don't even know who got the idea for it. But, But they decided that they wanted to see what happened in a high school choir as they sang what kind of happened to their internal functioning, especially their heart rate, and they put a heart monitor. So what they did was they got this high school group, this high school choir, that sang, and they hooked everybody up that was singing to heart monitors. And they, they had the group sing, and what happened as the group sang was that everyone's heart just slowed down. It was a real calming effect as these students sang with each other. And they, they really anticipated that would happen. And they saw as they did this research that it actually happened. But, but what they found out next wasn't expected. Because not only did, did everybody's heart rate slow, but all these students that were hooked up to these heart monitors... What happened as they sang was that all their heartbeats synchronized at the same time. And they were beating at the same pace. And they said that that the heart monitors had all these jagged lines of everybody's heart rate. But when they began to sing, it, it all fell in line into one heartbeat. And I thought, what a beautiful picture. We have an article. There's just an article about in case you think I'm lying, okay? That that what happened when that happened. And and their hearts got synchronized. And I thought, what a beautiful image if that could happen in our church. If we could all be together in, in a single heartbeat. If we could all... Just say, yes, this is what we're about. And this is where we're headed. If we could all have that heartbeat. To say, this is our purpose. This is where our energy's going. Let's move ahead together. And I thought, what a great image if we could synchronize our hearts. And the question of course, is, well, what is the heartbeat of this church? What is it that makes Westbrook, Westbrook? What are those things that that we need to synchronize around? Well, of course, we have a, a mission statement about purpose, about why we exist. And we say that's to invite all to a transforming relationship with Christ. And we have a vision statement about how we're going to do that. We say that we want to create a caring community 
where all can belong, become like Christ, and be a blessing to the world? But how do we know when that's happening? How do we know when we're inviting all to to a transforming relationship with Christ? How can we get a picture of how that happens? What does it take? And then once we have that, how do we get in that one accord, in that same heartbeat, in that desire to say, yeah, let's do this together. So our mission is that we just want to invite all to a transforming relationship with Christ. We believe that, that, that a relationship with Christ is transformational in your life. That it changes everything. But how do we know when that's happening? Well, first, we know what's happening when lost people are, are being found. When lost people are being found. There's a great story in Matthew 9. Where Jesus is going around. He's going from village to village. He's teaching. He's healing people. There's people crowding around him all the time. Look what it says in verse 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. Teaching in their synagogues. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. And healing every disease and sickness. So, so there he was. With, with all these people. He was going from town to town. He was teaching. He was proclaiming the good news. He was healing diseases. I mean I can just picture. Jesus with all this crowd around him. People pushing. People shoving. It's a little chaotic. People telling each other to shut up. They wanted to listen to Jesus. I can just see that picture. That's what was happening. And then in the midst of it, it says this in verse 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It's almost like he had all these people around him and even in the midst of all the chaos of all those people, he just stepped back and he looked out over them. And it says he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That word for compassion, there's a number of words in the Greek language that that you can translate into compassion. But this word is the strongest word in their vocabulary. It it literally means that, that their insides are torn apart. It's a word they use when lovers break apart. And break up. And there's just a broken heartedness. And a sadness. And it said that's how Jesus felt. When he looked at the crowd. And he said. Wow. These people are lost. They're harassed. They're helpless. They're like a sheep. Without a shepherd. And if you know anything about sheep. They're lost. When they don't have a shepherd. I mean they they don't know what the is going on. They don't know what or how to survive without that shepherd. And that's how he viewed people. 
And he viewed people like that because they mattered to him so much. Those people mattered to him. He loved them. He had compassion on them. Throughout the New Testament, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders were always complaining that Jesus was hanging out with the losers, which with the dread of society. And he did it because of his great love, because he cared about them. They mattered to him. And he knew that they were lost because he could see the inside their lives. He didn't look at how they were dressed or what kind of house they owned or what their status was in the community. He looked at their spiritual condition. And they were separated. They, they were lost. And it broke his heart. That these people were like that. That's why he came. That's why he hung out with those people. That was his heart. That lost people be found. In Luke 19, there's a story about Zacchaeus. You might know the Sunday school song. I don't know. Many of you do. <laughs> and he encountered Zacchaeus up in the tree. And he said, Zacchaeus, I've got to spend the night with you tonight. And Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. And Zacchaeus was so moved by what happened in his encounter with Jesus that, that he repented, that he gave people back the money he'd stolen from them. And and even gave him more back. And at that time of Zacchaeus coming to faith in Christ, this is what Jesus said in verse 10 of 19. He says, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus did. That's his mission statement. He probably would have that written on his book somewhere, written on his calendar uh, written on the wall that he came to seek and save the lost. That's what Jesus does in our heartbeat. He here at Westbrook is that we want to participate in what he's doing. And we're successful when lost people are being found. And it's happening around here. And it's happened consistently through our years that the lost people come they understand we go to them and they get it and they embrace this understanding and that's happening I'm so excited as we talked about these blessed practices these blessed strategies that we have of beginning with prayer with people, listening, eating, building relationships with them, serving them in practical ways, and then sharing your story with them. As we've been doing that as a church, it's been so exciting to see that's Jesus' heartbeat, and that's our heartbeat. So, so we know that we're successful in inviting people to a transforming relationship with God when lost people are being found. But, but that's not only our heartbeat. 
Now, that's not only what we're about because lost people need to be found, but found people need to be growing. And, and that second part of when we're successful is the fact that found people are growing. In Romans 8, 28 to 29, it says this. Paul says, and we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. See, Paul's saying, hey, God works everything out in our lives for our good so that we can be conformed to the image of his son. See, Jesus wants us to come to faith in him, but he doesn't want it to end there. That's only a beginning. He wants us to grow and develop. He wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. Basically, what's that saying is he wants us to be more like Jesus in our character, in our actions, in our thoughts. He wants us to work on those defects of character that we all have. He wants us to grow and change and be more and more like Jesus. So as we're inviting people to a transforming relationship with Christ, we got to say to ourselves, are found people growing? Because that's what we want to see happen. That's our heartbeat. The lost people are found. Found people are are growing. That they're developing. And and I think sometimes we get this image that that we're saved by grace, but then we got to grow all ourselves. We got to do it ourselves. We got to white knuckle it. But, But that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about being conformed to the image of Christ. By staying connected with God. By allowing God's life to be lived through us as we surrender to him. And really, there's three things we need to do. Primarily, that we need to grow spiritually. To be conformed to the image of Christ. The first one is, we need other people. This is not a solitary task. Okay, It's not something that I just do myself. We need other people. We need people in our lives to love us, to encourage us, to challenge us, to, to be a part of our lives. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says this. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need each other to sharpen us, to speak into our lives, to pray for us, to support us and encourage us. That's a part of spiritual growth. So we need people. Second, we we need spiritual practices. We need people, we need practices. Spiritual practices are, are just whatever you do to connect with God. Whether that's prayer, Bible study, solitude, fasting, 
worship attendance, going to a small group. All those are spiritual practices that aren't urgent, but but are really important. And, And they're a means to an end. And that end is connection with God. That end is to be connected with Jesus. Because as we're connected with Jesus, Jesus changes us. He grows us from the inside out. And it's not about us trying harder. But it's about us connecting to the vine. And as we're connected to the vine, we produce fruit. That's what Jesus said in John 15, 5. He said this, he says, but remain in me and I remain in you and no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So no change toward being conformed to the image of Christ is gonna happen unless we remain in the vine, unless we stay connected to Jesus. So what are those practices that help you stay connected? That help you keep that conversation flowing? That help you encounter God? Because our heart here is that found people will be growing. Will be developing into people who are more and more like Christ. How are you doing that? Well, we want to help you do that. That's why small groups are so important. That's why we talk about them all the time. Because we need to be in a smaller group where where people know our name and know our story and, and can come alongside of us to sharpen us, to help us grow, to help us develop, to help us become more like Christ. And they need you in the group too. To do the same thing. We're kicking off a lot of different small groups this fall. I'd encourage you. To to check out our website. Because in that small group community. Change happens. That there's power in that. Because lost people. Need to be found. Found people need to be grown. And that's our heart to get people in those groups and continue to help them grow. I'd encourage you to do that. So our our heartbeat there is lost people are found, found people are growing. Then lastly, growing people are serving. Growing people are serving. We believe that everybody has a place to serve and contribute here in this church. Everybody does. God has gifted and and energized and created you to be significant in his kingdom. And we have tons of people in this church that serve regularly and consistently. And in fact, we wouldn't be where we are today unless we had these... So many people serving. So if you're one of those people that that serve and contribute here, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for doing that. What you've done is you've moved from a religious consumer 
to a mission contributor. And when we can move from, from just consuming to contributing, that there's great power in that. So our heartbeat at the church is to help people take those steps, help people go from consumer to contributor. Now, now I want to say right up front, it, it's okay to be a consumer. It's okay to, to come to this church new and test the tires and figure out if this is your place. That's okay. Come and, and check it out. But, but at some point in time, you need to, to move from consumer to contributor. Just like it's okay to date, but, but eventually sometime you need to either put a ring on or, or move on, right? You know, there's just the time. And that's the same way with church. Because church is not primarily a place to go. But it's a place to contribute. It's a place to give yourself. It's a place that you're committed to. And that your heartbeat flows with its heartbeat. And so, I'd encourage you, if you're consuming now, you think you need to take a step into contributing, do it. Do it. And then you can contribute so there's room for others to come and consume and feel like this is the place for them and even come to faith in Christ. That's a heartbeat. The lost people are found. Found people are growing. Growing people are serving. And I really believe that as you step into serving, your relationship with God takes off. The Bible talks about that he's gifted. He's shaped each one of us to have a significant contribution in the kingdom of God. That God has shaped you and gifted you so you can contribute. You have a place to contribute to God's overall significance. And when people grab a hold of that idea, they realize that they're contributing to something much bigger than themselves, much bigger even than this church. Or what's happening in this county or this country? It's happening around the world. And that is the kingdom of God is growing and advancing. And you can be a part of that. You can serve in that. But you got to make a move into that. And really you find out your gifts, your passions your natural abilities, your spiritual gifts, by jumping into service, by just going and doing something. And as you take that step to serve, God's spirit will lead and guide you and direct you. That's what he does. He'll put you in the right place. 
And our heartbeat here at Westbrook is to help people step into service. Help people go from just growing to to, to serving. Because we really believe that it's not only best for the community, it's best for you to get your eyes on other people, to see and to contribute and to be a part of something that's much bigger than you. That's our heartbeat. That's what we want to be about. And we can see that happening as lost people are found. Found people are growing. Growing people are serving, are contributing, are making it a part of what's happening here. And that's why we say we, we want this to be a place to belong, to become and be a blessing to others. And I love this idea that, that we want to say, hey, you can come here. You can be a part of what do. It doesn't matter whatever, what you've done in your past or your background or your issues or, or your weaknesses. Just come and be a part of what we're doing. You're welcomed here. But once you're here for a while, once you've joined us, once you've come as you are and you're here for the duration, don't stay as you are. But step into growth. But grow in your relationship with God. Whether that's your class or a small group or community. So come as you are, don't stay as you are and realize it's not about you. But it's what God's doing in the world. And you can participate in what God's doing. You can participate by serving, by contributing to what God's doing here and around the world. That's our heartbeat. That's what we want to be about. And and I thought it would be perfect to not only talk about this, but give you an example of how that's happened here. And there's a couple, many of you know, Jeff and Ashley Corney, and they're going to share their story via video. Watch this. when I was 24 I took my first ELPA class Kevin had recommend uh, taking it I was reluctant to do it Um, I'd been regularly attending at Westwood before and um, I found out that uh, Westbrook was starting and so I I decided to take this class and um, it, it changed me I don't know how else to describe it I um, was struggling with a lot of stuff in my life, and I, it had 
helped me get sober. Um, by the grace of God, I've been able to stay sober for almost 12 years now um, through God. Um, so uh, I found Christ, or Christ found me, um, in my late 20s, early 30s. Uh, and I got to say, I really wasn't looking for him. Ashley and I had started dating, and I was trying to be a good boyfriend, and she I knew she was really into it. And so trying to be a good boyfriend, I started going to church regularly with her and um, just was awestruck by what I heard and um, kind of some of the sensations I felt. And uh, so I, 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 at a moment, I believed in God. And, and it wasn't until I started coming to Westbrook and it went to the second Alpha class. Um, the first one didn't take. Um, and it was Tom Kim's living room. And I, um, people describe being like filled with the Holy Spirit, how it's like kind of a different than believing in God. And there was a moment that I just felt a great deal of remorse for all the kind of bad things I'd done in my life. And, um, and that has to be when I really started to believe in Christ. I took the Breaking the Chains class, and it was um, a small group of women, and we continuously prayed over each other. I learned not to give anxiety power over me. Uh, we learned how to work through these difficult things, and it also helped me get out of a difficult uh, work situation and how to navigate that and the strength to get through that. So what has helped me uh, grow in my faith? I think of all the small groups I've been part of, um, the Bible study app from with the men's frat, uh, doing that devotional every day, um, doing the discipleship training with Kevin, um, and then just having uh, communion with God, uh, that ongoing dialogue, and being surrounded by a community of believers. Uh, community is one of those things, if you never experienced it before, you don't know what you're missing. We're serving by leading the Alpha Group this fall, and it's a great opportunity, and I'm passionate about it, obviously, just by what it's done for me, and I want to be able to um, watch other people experience that and help them with that. Let's see. Yeah, why am I excited for hosting Alpha this year? Wow. Um, first of all, I think of it as just a huge honor to be asked to do that, to serve in that way. But um, I, like what Ashley said, I, I, I'm excited at the prospect of sharing what I've been through um, and hoping to be maybe a link in somebody's life or, um, you know, help them to maybe experience their faith. Um, there's a difference there, you know, between believing and actually experiencing. If you want to come experience Alpha with us, we are starting it on September 28th. It starts at 6 o'clock on Thursdays. We have a meal together. It's a really informal, open 
non-judgmental way uh, to learn new basic Christianity, to ask questions, to get to know each other. If you don't know anyone, that's totally fine. And we hope that you can um, experience what we've experienced. Yeah, you can clap about that. (laughs) Uh, That's our heartbeat. That's what we want to see happen. Lost people being found, found people growing. Growing people serving. And really, that's Jesus' heart. I mean, he came and he died. And he paid the penalty for for the sins that, that we deserve. And he paid it because of his love. Because we mattered to him. And he wants to take us and find us and grow us and give us significant work in serving his kingdom. That's his heartbeat. And central to that is the reason he came. It says in 2 Corinthians, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. He had everything. He was God. And he gave that up to come and to die in our place. And he told us and reminded us that that we're forgetful people. We're forgetful people. And he said, I want you to do this simple meal as a reminder of what I've done for you. As a reminder that I died. And that I rose again. And that I'm coming back. And so, in a few minutes, we're going to celebrate communion. But, but I think it's good if we take some moments and prepare ourselves for, for this communion experience. Take some time in quiet and just talk to God. Say, do, do I need to take a step into faith for the first time? This would be a great time to do that. Do I need to commit to growing and changing and being conformed to the image of Christ? Do I need to serve somewhere? Ask yourself, talk to God about that. Let's have a moment of silence as we pray. And you can talk to God yourself. Let's pray together.
Father, as we quiet ourselves and prepare for to celebrate communion at your table, we're, we're just grateful. We're grateful people for what you've done, for what this represents, for how you died and rose again for us. Lead us and guide us into where you want us to go. God, we want to honor you today by by praying the prayer that, that you taught us to pray. Saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You know, on the night that, that Jesus was betrayed, he, he met with his disciples and he, he broke bread with them for the last time. And, and he, he broke the bread with them and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat every one of you. And then after supper, he took the cup uh, and he held it up to him and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. He, He said, every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim my death until I come again. And the good news is he's coming again. And in the meantime, we can celebrate his victory on the cross. We can celebrate the fact that he died in our place. And so we exercise an open communion table here. You don't have to be part of our church or part of our community. Just come as a demonstration of your faith in God. So as the servers come forward, We want you to take the bread. You can eat it there. Take the cup and drink it there. Or you can bring it back to your seat. Whatever you feel most comfortable with. And just come when you're ready. Because this is God's gifts for God's people.